Seinfeld, the dealership is over, but we're just getting started here on the Seinfeld Post Show Recap, a podcast about nothing. And now here are the two guys who are never going to fight for the same stuff in the candy lineup. I'm Rob Sisterno. Here's the Keeper Winnegar. Keeve, how are you? How's it going, Rob? It's going very well. And Keeve, let me be probably the last to wish you and yours a very happy International Pull and Peel Twizzler Day as we're recording this here on July 5th. Yeah, last week... Out of the blue, I came up with uh, with a uh, you know what I thought would just be another silly holiday like you know International Coal Miners Day or you know hey. Lumberjack. What? What? I mean, that's not silly. I mean, that's silly. But like, well, they should every day should be Coal Miners Day. Why just mm-hmm. one day? Right. Or like lumber, you know, Lumberjack Association like Appreciation Day. But uh, I, I think we hit a we hit a real uh, nerve with this um, International Pull and Peel Twizzler uh, Day because. We we joked last week that not one person would go out buy pull and peel Twizzlers and tweet a picture at us and like a spike a sp- spike what Fairston well, no in the uh, sales yeah no seriously I do think that they need to send us like a little little check this quarter the Hershey Company yeah because at least some tickets maybe to Hershey Park yeah that's so, like a good you should take your kids there this summer that's a good place Hershey Park Hershey Park but no free ads they got to send us some Twizzlers. <laughs> <laughs> I had my wife go out and buy me the she was going to uh, the uh, the drugstore. And so I said, she said, do you need anything? I said, actually, I need a bag of <laughs> Twizzlers. She's like, why? <laughs> it's like, it's a long story. OK, uh, but she you, came you home. did not explain International Pull and Peel Twizzler Day to her. Uh, no, no, not really. You embarrassed mm, that we invented she, a holiday? More like lack of interest on her part in hearing okay, about it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, and so she ended up coming back with the wild patriotic, probably most disgusting flavor there could be of, uh, I believe it is like uh, raspberry wild berry lemonade, which is, I guess is red, white and blue. Yeah, I've uh, I've seen those before. I don't remember. They're ac- it's actually not the worst one, but it's it's no it's you know it's no original it's not as good as the it's not as good as the real deal yeah cherry or watermelon probably i I think i would have actually eaten one if it was uh like that but this i will just use to uh bribe my older son to do things that uh, he's supposed to and listen well the problem is he may um like it may be so gross that after one no no anything any candy that he's seen on youtube you can pull it apart you could play with it he's going to be into this but I will just use it as like a, sort of like a bargaining chip uh, for, you know, basically this is like a pack of like getting my kid to do like 12 things that I he's supposed to do. That's brilliant. Yeah, One stupid thing that they used to do because I'm a pig, I would open up the bag. There's there's like at least you, you say there's 12 in there. I think there might even yeah. be more basically, depending on the size of the bag. Th- these are like dog treats for kids. If, if he yes. does a trick, if he does what he's supposed to do, like, OK, do this. Listen, uh, 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 you want this? You want this? You want this? OK, I mean, then and that's what they are used for. But so I used to open it and you'd have to like I would just eat them all in one sitting, which I know looking at you're looking at the bag now like that's a big that's like a meal of pull and peel Twizzlers. And they just put in the like the resealable bag oh yeah so now you can close it again because once you opened it those things get really stale within a day yeah. and then you can't eat them anymore so now they really it took them like 20 years but they finally figured you know technology we don't have flying cars yet but we do have resealable <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a bags. good tie into this episode and, and do they still make regular twizzlers or, or pull and peel twizzlers now uh the default twizzlers no they definitely make regular i okay. think that pull, like if you go to a movie theater you get twizzlers i doubt they have the 
pull and peel option unless it's at like a really nice theater. Yeah. And uh, you have a strong opinion on Red Vines versus Twizzlers? I really like Red Vines. There you can't always find them in at least in in New York. I don't know um like you have them at like Costco regions. and stuff, I feel like. I I get. I, I mean, when was the last time I was in Costco though? Like I'm not a big Costco I mean, guy. I don't know what stores you go to. Well, yeah, you know I don't go to any stores. We've done 165 of these shows. Mm-hmm. I don't go anywhere. Yeah. But um, and my wife isn't like if I'm like, hey, can you take all four kids out and bring me back some red vines? I feel like that's not a good move. So you mm-hmm. just don't ask for anything. Yeah, yeah. But I, I really like. We really got like 25 uh, tweets from from listeners, and uh, they're still rolling in. And I pre- like. First of all, we have very good looking listeners, and also uh, very clean fingernails. I see. Like everyone's sending <laughs> in pictures of them eating. I don't. Nobody's like gross or anything. I, I really appreciate it. <laughs> okay. And the, and what everyone really bought. Only like one person. Like, there's very few, like, stock photos. I like the fact that everyone actually went out and, and like, and bought them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also, yesterday, on, when I did the News AF podcast, I discussed International Pull and Peel Twizzler Day as if it was a real thing. I was just talking about because today is also uh, International Bikini Day. And I was like, I, like, that's weird. Why would they have it on July 5th when that's already International Pull and Peel Twizzler Day? And Danny and Tyson were like, what? International Day? I'm like, yeah, that's the July 5th. And are they partaking in Pull and Peel Twizzler Day or no? No, but it seemed like uh, that they were like, didn't seem that absurd to them. Like the, the impossible. They didn't call me out on it. So it's a thing now. Uh, if you're tuning in for the first time, this is a podcast about the television show Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Sometimes okay. we talk about candy for a half an hour. <laughs> well, look, if there's ever an episode to talk about candy for a half an hour, it's here where George Costanza is going to be very consumed on the differences between uh, a Twix, a hundred grand bar, uh, that uh, Almond Joy or a Mounds bar. So lots of candy talk coming up today. Yeah. And the Pull and Peel Twizzler bag, at least a good one, is too big to be in the vending machine. Do you think they should have like Costco sized vending machines? We can get like giant, you know, bigger snacks, but they cost more. No, I don't think that anybody should have that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, that's a good idea for Costco. You just have these like vending machines, like a giant bag of pretzels or like a huge thing of chips. And it's just, uh, you know, like it's a better technology, but they fall out. They'll never get stuck. Mm-hmm. Mm, I think I they're know. doing fine. I, I think, yeah, you I know, think so if they could have bags at the checkout, that would be good. But other than that, I think they know what they're doing. Let me give you like right. bring a box. We're... Right. Okay. Let's get into talking about the dealership, Keeve. And uh, Seinfeld history in the making here. I believe uh, first episode of uh, 1998, the final calendar year of Seinfeld, January 8th, 1998. Yeah. Yes. First episode of the final year and also the first episode after Jerry announces this is it. So fans are watching this knowing this is they're on the back 13 episodes. The very unlucky number. Yeah, right? they they found out that's that's all there is. Um, and uh, right between last week's episode and this one, the, it came out in the in the media over the over the holiday break at the end of December, beginning in January. And I remember being very sad. Do you remember hearing that Seinfeld was ending or it was a little more gradual? Uh, I, you know, I don't remember exactly, but I thought that there was a lot of buzz that it was uh, potentially going to be the last uh, run through. So I don't remember being devastated. It wasn't no, it like definitely the Dodgers wasn't a were leaving Brooklyn. Yeah, it, it was the, the whole year was 50-50, right? Um, or the, what about the Giants leaving New York? My grandfather's still not over that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> well, the, the, the New York Giants or the, or the, uh, the football the, team? The now yeah. San Francisco Giants. Oh, okay. he, he still doesn't have a, a favorite baseball team. He yeah. never picked a new team. He could have had a team for 60 years. Yeah. But I mean, he could have just, he, I mean eventually, you could just like follow all the San Francisco Giants on the internet. 
No, he doesn't care about the Giants, and he did not become a Met fan. He okay. just he became a baseball agnostic for sixty years. Um, so the yeah, so January eighth, they the numbers for Seinfeld at this point they start to perk up a little bit. I do remember the like in the air. It was it was like palpable every week. Every episode from here on out basically becomes a little bit of an event. Mm-hmm. Yeah, more so as you get to like the winter, like the you know the the uh, the what's it called the end of the winter, like you know February, March, April area. But at, at this point, everything's like, oh, you know, are there going to be like special episodes? What are they going to do? And of course, like for the most part, they're just very normal episodes. But everyone is tuning in, thinking that uh, you know this would be like uh, they'd start leading towards the finale, which of course they never really end up doing. Yeah. Also, uh, Keith, January eighth uh, is Elvis Presley's birthday. Did he also die January eighth? I like when the guys oh, like are born and he? die on the I, same well, day. No, they, I don't think do we so. Know when he died? Uh, yeah. There's a, I forget, is it in the Talmud? There's something where it's like it's a big deal if you were born and die on the same day. I believe Moses is said to have been born and died on the same day. <laughs> okay, that's pretty big. Okay, Kiva, let's get into talking about the dealership, which I actually like as sort of a self-contained bottle episode in that, you know, here we are in season nine and we're playing with the format of so many different things. And this to me does kind of feel like a little bit of a Seinfeld movie in that we are just have the gang away from the uh, norm. We don't see Jerry's apartment. We don't see the diner. We're all in the dealership. It's been so long since the parking garage and the Chinese restaurant and the subway. Yeah. That you almost forget like, oh, yeah, they used to do this a lot, right? Like, you know, episodes that are just in one place or episodes where we literally never see monks or the apartment. Now it feels like I can't, you know, like it's crazy they ever did that. But, you know, this is something that they've done before. It's almost a throwback episode. A little bit of a throwback. I mean, we certainly had in the backwards episode where we went to India. But, you know, half of that episode does take place uh, in the apartment and in all of the uh, usual locations on the show. So this felt very fun for me to go back and uh, watch the dealership. The plot here is that Jerry is trying to buy a new Saab and Putty now works at the car dealership. George is trying to uh, help him facilitate that deal. And uh, Kramer is going to go off for a test drive. And um, anything else before we jump into this? People are like, no, jump in. Uh, Please. Please jump in. (laughs) No, the only tiny bit of Seinfeld news is uh, happy birthday to LD this week. He turned 70. Wow. Looking great for 70, Larry David. Fantastic. Never looked better. Yeah. So good for him. And uh, this episode uh, written by uh, Steve Corin. What else has he done? He's written a bunch of episodes of Seinfeld, I guess. Yeah. Um, what has he done since then? I don't then? know. I'm not any sure. of them stand out? What's the best uh, Steve Corrin episode of Seinfeld? Uh, so Corrin has, um, he did the Serenity Now this season. And last season, he did the Abstinence and the English Patient. Okay. And he's got a few more coming this season. So okay. he's got credits on six episodes. Okay. So uh, good stuff from Steve Corrin. And here we go. Jerry and George start off in the dealership lot talking about the flying cars. When are we going to get those? And uh, Keith, here we are 20 years later. I feel like that we have not made much progress uh, on this frontier at all. I mean, it's possible Elon Musk is really like close. He's working on the flying car stuff. But mm. I agree. It's it's. It doesn't even seem like it's on the front burner anywhere. doesn't seem like it's on the front burner. It seems like we are much closer to the driverless car, which I, I think for all intents and purposes, uh, I think that's better than the flying car because you, you can't have a consumer flying car. I think you're right, but I will say that nobody was asking for the driverless car, mm-hmm. right? It wasn't like in like sort of utopian 
futuristic movies. It wasn't like, sweet, we won't have to drive. I feel like a lot of people like driving. Yeah, people like driving, but there's too much human error in terms of driving vehicles. I think once we nail down the driverless car, I think then we may go to the next step of let's get these off the ground and let's get them moving around and sort of like in a computerized, organized fashion. You don't have to worry about anybody's drunk or like veering off the road or 16 years old or anything like that. Will driverless cars be able to parallel park? Yeah, I think they already can. Wow. All right. So that's like a real deal breaker. I mean, I mean there are the cars now that you are you drive them and then you get to the spot that you want to parallel park and you like push a button and it does it for you. Really? Yeah. I'm not, I'm not joking. I guess you you have a fancier car than me. I, I don't have that. I'm just telling you that that exists. Mm. Yeah, that's a big one for me. I don't like parking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who makes that car? Automatic parallel parking. Uh, I, I, I think that there's a, a few of them. Yeah. I think you have four. four are you cars. a good parallel parker? No. I'm terrible. You're not. I mean, I can do it, but I'm not good at it. Might take me a couple of approaches. My wife claims to be the best parallel parker on the on the planet. I mean, what do you think? Do I think? She, oh, yeah, she's really good. Like she would sometimes in when we lived in the city, like the spots are really tight, mm-hmm. and like people would like give her their cars. Sometimes they like call her and be like, "Hey, you know, like a friend of ours, is like, hey, you gotta like come down and parallel park this for me." Yeah, uh, I so think she's pretty good. According to Google, there's uh, at least ten cars on the market that do uh, self parking. All right, I'm getting that next time. Okay. Anyway, Kiva, uh, so they're talking about that. Uh, forget the flying cars. What about the floating cities and the underwater bubble cities? Now now we're just getting into ridiculous talk. I mean, floating cities sound good. Underwater bubble cities sound like a nightmare. I saw that episode of BoJack, and it didn't seem like too much fun. Yeah, both the city and the episode are overhyped. Ooh. So that's, that, save that for hot takeoff version, too. <laughs> I heard so much about it. I was like, eh, okay. It's fun. More fun than fun. You know it is the the ending is really good. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. Okay, but th- I think that's what people like about it. Okay, so uh, we then see Kramer like bouncing up and down on a car, and he's uh, messing with the suspension. And uh, we find out that George is uh, going to uh, be the person who has like all of the rules about buying a car. He knows everything, Keith. Yeah, George seems to be the world's biggest car expert, which is ironic because his history is checkered as a car buyer. Yes, especially with the John Voight car where he got duped into buying the car he believed was John Voight's. But he knows all the rules. And again, we see this with women as well, that he seems to know everything to say, but he's unable to execute it on him for himself. The problem is, is that he is starving and he's getting a little hangry. Yes, he's getting a lot hangry. And uh, we don't know why George is there. We don't know why he can't just like leave and go get something to eat. Like, are they in the middle of, you know, the desert? Like, there's no restaurant a block away. Like, even if George is too cheap to buy something, like, I'm sure he could, you know, squeeze five, ten bucks out of Jerry and go get some food. It doesn't make any sense, right? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I still don't know why George is so invested in Jerry getting a good deal on this car. If Jerry overpaid for the car, I don't know how that's going to affect George in any way other than he doesn't like to see the little guy lose out to the big car dealership. But especially at the point where 
Putty is supposedly getting this great deal for Jerry. George's haggling services are not needed, and so he should just go eat. I agree, and I think this is just one of the ultimate George come with episodes, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's just he's just there because all four people are there. Yeah, I mean, maybe he was promised that this is just going to be we're going to go in. I know what I want. Putty is going to give us a good deal, and then we'll get lunch. And he was sort of promised it was going to be like a quick thing, but. That as this goes on and on and on, he really should have just left. No, there's no reason why he's still there at the end. It's insane. And like, I will get to it, obviously, but the whole thing where he buys all the candy bars, like, he's, is he still hangry? Like, has he not eaten one of those candy bars? It doesn't Seems make any like sense. Seems like a plot hole. We'll talk about yeah. that, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, we also uh, get the revelation that George Costanza has a vein that throbs in his head here nine seasons in. Yeah, and and really, no, like, that does not lead anywhere. It's just <laughs> mentioned twice in the episode. It's mentioned, yeah, a few different times. Anyway, so um, we also find out the story about how George's father, Frank Costanza, knew a guy who was going to uh, fix him up. And uh, he ended up getting something called a lake car with a fabric sunroof and everybody beat up George and bullied him because of the, the lake car. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Are you familiar with the lake car? I am not. It's, it was it, I think it's it was officially called the Renault five. And it's um, it was like one of these like I don't know if it was more like the Edsel, you know, like the, the classic lemon car or just like an iconic car. But it did have that like furry roof that he talks about, the fabric roof. OK. And everybody uh, beat up George. And bullied him. Do you remember when sunroofs were popular? Uh, I still wish I had a sunroof. Do you really? Yeah, why? Was, I remember like going in 1995 to buy a car with my grandma. And she was like so insistent on the sunroof, even though it was like 500 bucks or 1,000 bucks. I'm like, you're never going to open it once. And then she moved to Florida and was like, who's opening up the sunroof? Like getting beaten down by the sun in Florida. Yeah, I like having it. I, I had a car. I actually had a couple cars that had it. Uh, but I never knew the difference between sunroof and moonroof. I think it's the same thing. It's just different people call different things. It's like barbecue and cookout. I, I heard so many people calling barbecues cookouts on, uh, on July 4th. Does that bother you or am I just an insane person? Never thought about that before. Yeah, it bothers me a lot. Stop calling them cookouts. I feel like that's like a Southern and West thing. Okay. So it's like a soda versus pop thing? Yes, exactly. The pop people are wrong and the cookout people are wrong. Exactly. All right. And the moonroof people are wrong. So Kramer is playing around underneath the car and this guy comes over and uh, his name is Rick and he's trying to sell Kramer on this car. And Kramer talks about that his friend is this celebrity and he is sort of looking at things and Rick says, oh, you're his manager. He's like, no, I'm his neighbor, but he really believes what I say. And so Kramer is uh, going to eventually go on a test drive with this guy. More of a joy ride, but yeah. More of a jury ride. <laughs> so uh, we see George uh, back in the dealership with Jerry. And he's, you know, really, uh, you know, he's on the, uh, the lookout. He's really on edge saying like, hey, if anybody tries to talk to you, just threaten you're going to leave. I'm leaving. Right. And he just starts yelling at people, basically. Yeah. Okay. And uh, Putty comes over and him and Elaine had just gotten back from lunch. They went to Arby's. Keeve, I... I'm not going too much out on a limb to say you've never had the Arby's. 
No, of course not. Yeah. It's not kosher. Yes. John Stewart. Not even a big roast beef guy. Yeah. Yeah. Used to really beat up on the Arby's. I mean, I never thought it was that objectionable before. I think Arby's, uh, even more so than in 1997, has become a uh, very uh, punchable punchline. Yeah, I do. Their brand is weird. They're very active on social media, but they do have sort of like a more down market brand than even a lot of other chains. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, are you a roast beef guy? Like, you have to be a big roast beef guy even to walk in, I feel like, at Arby's. Because what else do they do? Yeah, I love actual roast beef, but I feel like that I would not really be craving for Arby's at any point. But if you were going to be serving roast beef, uh, I would definitely partake. What is your, outside of, like, like, the McDonald's, Burger King, KFC, Subway, let's say, What's your favorite of the like smaller chain restaurants? Can I go with Wendy's? Yeah, I think I mean, Wendy's is probably like five or six, but I think that's fair. Yeah. Like, uh, to me, Wendy's, uh, I would love I would love to be able to eat at Wendy's once. Yeah. Now, Wendy's is uh, always really great. I feel like that uh, it's uh, not as low rent as, uh, you know, maybe uh, McDonald's or Burger King might be on the you know worst day. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of pegged you as a Chipotle guy, but I'm happy you like Wendy's. I like Chipotle, too. That's so. You know, I mostly I know you say that I don't Oh, you don't like food, but you don't love food. You like food. You're not like you don't starve. You're not a breatharian or whatever. <laughs> but you, That's right. That's right. Yeah. So uh, but if I indulge, I, I really want to, you know, uh, get all in there. Do you want to go to town and Wendy's? Like, like, Do I stop keeping kosher just to have Wendy's once? Would that be worth it, you think? I mean, so you get like, what, you're going to do the electric chair? I mean, I don't know. Does God do the electric chair? I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so, I mean, I feel like if you get one meal, I feel like you could do better than Wendy's, but uh, I, I don't yeah. think you'd be disappointed. Like a kosher rumspringa? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you got some sort of like hall pass. Hall, yeah. Yeah. Then, so you're saying like I shouldn't do Wendy's? Yeah. If you got some sort of hall passover, I think that that would be the oh, one good. of the places that's to good. go. Yeah. Um, and not Arby's. That would be sad if like the only. <laughs> yeah. Not don't wait. In my you're life like, ah, Arby's. you know, what What I uh, do this for? <laughs> like just Long John Silver's. It's the only place I'd ever. Eat. <laughs> yeah. I think Long John Silver's is the Arby's of fish. <laughs> that's pretty good. The Arby's yeah. of fish. A lot of hashtag. Should <laughs> say. Yeah, Arby's has crazy commercials too. It's like uh, there's like it's like a guy who is just like taunting you on the commercials. Again, yeah. I'm not sure if you're seeing them. He's like, uh, yeah, I've seen a lot. Some of them. people say that Arby's doesn't give you enough meat. Well, we call them a, a, a word that you would call a cat. You know, it's like whoa, yeah. I'd say Arby's and are you Carl's Jr. guy? I feel like those are the two chains that really like are the hard go the hardest on on like you know traditional advertising, right? Um, but I, I just, are you Carl's Jr. guy or no? I, uh, I I would not be mad at a Carl's Jr. Again, I'm like George Costanza and uh, I do get hangry, and I think that if I was mm-hmm. uh, you know hangry enough, like uh, Carl's Jr. would be looking pretty good to me. Okay, fair enough. Anyway, so we see Putty and Elaine. They went to Arby's. Uh, Elaine tries to play it off like, oh, my boyfriend took me out. And uh, Putty reveals they had gone to Arby's. Jerry says he wants another 900 convertible, and they are going to get that set up. And Putty wants a high five, Key. you a high five guy? I don't mind high fives. I'm actually a fist bump guy. I'm not a hugger. I really don't like hugging. Uh, Why a fist bump? You're not a germy I'm not a germy, so I've no, I don't have a problem with the high five, but I feel like the the um, fist bump is more knowing. It's like we're already buddies. Like we just feel like, 
you can casually like give the fist bump and keep walking. I feel like that's the power move. Mm-hmm. Right. I find myself like overthinking the fist bump in that like, uh, oh, what, what's wrong with this, oh, this guy? He doesn't want to do the handshake because uh, what is he like? I, does he think that I uh, like do not practice good hygiene? No, I think the fist bump is like if you're closer with somebody than the handshake. Like you're not going to like shake your friend's hand if you're like close to someone. That's, you know, it's too casual. I think it's too formal. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I, I don't like the high five. I feel like that my hand-eye coordination is not good to sort of like always hit, you know, I probably have like 80% accuracy on the high five. And then I feel like an idiot. So you don't have confidence in your high-fiving abilities. That's right. That's pretty funny. That's right. Yeah. And forget any other sort of like, uh, like tricky handshake. You don't, you don't have any like special handshakes with anybody? No, no. I, I actually prefer handshake as opposed to like i feel like the the fist bump uh, i'm afraid that the other person is going to be insulted and say oh well, what does he think that i have uh, all these germs that he doesn't want to get because because uh, oh he's too good for my germs that i mm-hmm. try to avoid people the uh, feeling that way about me so i feel like that uh, the handshake is just uh you know i, I don't want to overthink it fair enough yeah Anyway, so that Putty is going to uh, start working on this. Uh, we go back to Kramer. He's going on the joyride with Rick. And uh, they're driving around. And uh, he wants Kramer to go back to the lot. Keith, have you been on a test drive? Have you done that? Yeah. Um, I think only in that same day where I went with my grandma to three different stores in 1995. Mm-hmm. So- I think after that. I, I haven't been on one. But do the people still do them? Do they yeah. still allow it? I don't even know. Yeah, you still do that. Now, uh, how do you acquire new vehicles? Does your wife just take care of it? Uh, well, I, she, my grandmother passed, and then I had that. I, I had her car that I ironically went with her to, to buy. And wow. then. Um, That's and eerie. then Yeah. And then I had that car for like 10 years. It, it just like it. And then I moved and. And we just like bought another car, like, but just from someone we knew. So we didn't like go to the store. And then that's what I have now. Yeah. And then now I have a lot of kids, so I'm going to have to get a bigger car. So maybe we'll have to take a test drive. Maybe you have so. to do it. So I've done the test drive. I've gone out there. And, you know, as somebody who is, you know, an awkward person, you know, it's a weird thing. You know, you, I feel like there's a lot of small talk that you have to make uh, with like, uh, you know, every little thing. You're like, like oh, okay. All right, that's good. That's good. You know, it's a, you're just like off in the car with a stranger. Yeah, I would probably uh, like pay more just to be out of there and have no like don't ha- not have a conversation with people. Like that's how badly I would want to avoid the awkward conversation. Right. And then you're also like as you're test driving, you are trying to like notice anything that's like uh, like uh, is that a hiss? Do I hear something? Do I hear something? You know. And the person that you're with is trying to like no, no, that's not, I don't hear anything. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it just sounds like a nightmare to me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, so uh, Kramer, when he is asked, where are you going? He says, just a little place I like to call. You'll see. Yeah. Is that do you think like, is it shocking that line never really took off? (laughs) I mean, I do. I do kind of like it in the moment. But this storyline for me never took off. Yeah, this is clearly the weakest of the storylines. I think on paper it sounded funny. I just like. You're not rooting for like, what are you rooting for? For them to make it like, I, I feel like you're not invested in the storyline at all. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Like well, if there was something in the car, something. Yeah. You know, but like, I just don't, I don't care if they if they run out of gas or not. Right. 
All right, so we go back to uh, Jerry and George, and again, George is very hungry. Putty says they have some donuts out there by the service desk. Uh, George goes to go look for the donuts, and uh, Jerry says to Putty, hey, this is a great gig for you. No more grease monkey. Putty does not like the term. I feel like that Jerry should have known that. Grease monkey uh, does sound like a derogatory term to me. Definitely does. I guess Jerry's thing like, oh, you're not that anymore. So let's put down the old job, which maybe you were sick of. But I think, yeah, I think common sense dictates you don't say that. Yeah. This is a little bit of an uneasy truce between Jerry and Putty. They've had a few different awkward moments between them. Uh, certainly the move, certainly with uh, dating Elaine. So Jerry just trying to make some uh, small talk. It used to be the only thing they would bond over with sex talk. Yeah. That's well, how listen, the move they came are. Uh, that's right. As the league would put it, right? They are Eskimo brothers, but they're it, I, I, like it's not that awkward, right? They're not like it's it's not like Jerry, you know. Even though like maybe deep down Jerry's in love with Elaine, he's not jealous of Putty. Like he's the one trying to get them back together this episode, right? But Jerry used to say that going to the garage, it was like brought out all of the uh, sex talk from the Pistons. I'm not sure what the dealership brings up. Yeah, I don't think the dealership is as uh, you know like is that sort of environment, but also like. I just don't think Jerry and Putty have a single thing in common. Like, what could they have a conversation about? Uh, well, here we find out that they've both seen the same monkey that does sign language, Coco the monkey. Keith, was there something in the water about Coco the monkey uh, in early 1998 that we have discussion of Coco the monkey here? And then that will come up again where at, at Kruger, where uh, that George's new nickname will be Coco the monkey. Yeah, I think it was just in the yeah, it was definitely in the writer's room like it was in their minds because, yeah, as you point out, it happens twice in this episode. I mean, in this season, um, they're just like they had Coco fever. You're right. Yeah. I mean, at the point where Coco the monkey is already coming up here, how does it end up being a plot point in another script? I don't know. I think they just like the word Coco. It's a good question. I guess we'll, you know, we'll sort of like uh, lay it out when we get when we get there with Coco uh, and the nicknames at Kruger. But I'm not sure. Okay, bad news. No more donuts. George is going to go to the vending machine. He needs a dollar from Jerry. I do like like the cheapness of George. Never on more like display than like you drag me here, so you need to pay for my mm-hmm. you need to pay for my snack. Like how sad of a person yeah. is George? Elaine comes out. Uh, the copy machine is broken. She needs Putty's help. Uh, Putty's going to go work on it. What is Elaine making copies of? Yeah, a few people wrote in and asked that. It's not. They never say. Yeah. Okay. Well, the uh, guy who was pretending to be deaf at her office uh, probably would have been helpful in this situation. Uh, yeah, I, I, like this is like I mean, it's not a major story. You know, point, he but sits it's right next to just, the copy machine. He could have uh, helped her out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I you know, there's always one guy who, who knows how the copy machine works, who like knows how to like coddle it so so it, it can go through. This is a funny exchange between uh, Jerry and Elaine because Jerry is saying to Elaine about how your boyfriend has a new annoying habit and Elaine first does the putty squint and then the putty stare before Jerry gets to the high five. Um, yeah. The, the What do you think about the squint? I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's weird. Like, Jer- again, Jerry and Putty are people who would never interact with each other in real life. Yeah. Anyway, that Jerry starts talking about how that the high five, uh, you know, it was uh, people uh, have been doing it for a while, but even primates have moved on. Even the Nazis, they used to do the Heil five. And I love this so much that Elaine says, isn't that like from your act about 10 years ago? 
And Jerry says it's a good bit from the 80s and still relatable today. It's really funny. I'm impressed that Elaine knows Jerry Zach from the 80s, but that is pretty funny. Yeah. Now, is that an actual Jerry Seinfeld joke? That Did he actually have that in his act? I feel like I can see him uh, in my mind uh, like doing those mannerisms. Yeah, I I think he uh, does it in, in an early... He does like the two different types of Hiles, right? Right. In the in an early stand-up bit. But right. I don't think it's the Hile. He does, it's not the exact same joke, right? It's the, the regular Hile and the casual Hile. Okay. So Putty comes back. Uh, copy machine is fixed. And uh, Jerry sort of leaves him hanging. Uh, you owe me five. Um, the, you know, the, what's it called? The, like, who, why does Putty care? Why does Putty care about the high five? I understand that he likes it. But the fact that he's like, you know, actually taking like debts on who owes the high fives, it's a little much. I just think that that is part of Putty's character where Putty starts doing a thing and then it is a lot of like, but why does Putty care about this? It's like, I don't know. He's just that it's a, it's part of him now. Yeah. He's into it. So everybody has to be into it. So we end up going to George versus the vending machine part one. He's going for the Twix. Keith, what's your go-to here in this vending machine? If I'm going to a vending machine like this. And okay, put if yourself have, in George's yeah. uh, pr- okay. shoes because yeah. he is starving. Yes. He's not looking for something that's a little more indulgent like a snack. This is basically going to be a meal for him. It's a good point. I, I think I do like something that there's a lot of pieces of. Because if I'm that hungry, I'm going to like shove the chocolate bar down in 10 seconds. Whereas if you have a bag of chips or pretzels that you could eat them a little bit, you know, slower, you have at least like a bunch of bites of them or even one of the small packs of like the eight regular Twizzlers, something, something that that will take more time, you know, as opposed to like something that you're just going to shove down your throat. So I would not go chocolate bar in this situation. What about you? Yeah, chocolate bar. I mean, well, you are not a chocolate bar guy, but I could see it. To me, uh, you know, Snickers really has made a whole ad campaign about if you're hungry, why wait? And Snickers is uh, certainly more filling. I like the part about the Twix that has a cookie. I think that that is good. So I personally, my move here is, I don't know how you feel about this, Keith. I really like a payday. Mm, Okay. I do like the payday bar. If we're going chocolate bar, I think payday is very underrated. But payday is actually not a chocolate bar. What is it, nougat? No, it's peanuts. It's like uh, peanuts around, uh, it's like a uh, nougaty peanut uh, sort of bar. So it's not necessarily chocolate, but it, I, I think it's probably uh, very filling of any of these uh, different candy bars. Right, okay, you're right. The payday is the is like the white outside, but that's still kind of a chocolate bar, no? It, I mean, I, I don't believe there's any chocolate in a payday. Caramel's not chocolate? I never know. Caramel is not, Again, I'm chocolate. not chocolate, yeah. Guy. Caramel peanut nougat, but I don't think that there's any chocolate payday. I do like I do like the payday bar. Yeah. So it is salted peanuts rolled in caramel uh, around a firm nougat like center. A nougat like. I I don't know. That's like the FDA made them say nougat like because it's not really nougat. Yeah. My my complaint about the payday bar and I (laughs) I don't know. I haven't had one obviously in a very long time. The, the, to me, the, the, the problem is like it's ne- it breaks off. There's always like those pieces falling off or like still in the in the wrapper. Yeah, like you, it's never just like one whole one. You're right. Yeah, and it does like stick to the wrapper a little bit. But if you eat it over mm-hmm. a paper towel, you catch those like loose peanuts. And uh, I think that's pretty good. And it's also I, I don't think you feel as terrible about yourself after you eat a payday as you can uh, maybe some of the other candy bars. 
Yeah, it doesn't get your fingers dirty like like the tro- more chocolatey candy bars also. Right. And it's not temperature dependent like a lot of candy bars where sometimes, uh, depending on what the temperature is, uh, those can get a little melty. You don't have to worry about that with a payday. Yeah. I mean, uh, like we could do, should we do candy bar? Someone actually wrote in. I don't think uh, we'll get to it today, but someone asked for our, our candy bar power rankings. Candy bar power, power bar rankings. So yeah. um, at some point, I, I don't mind. I'm not, I'm not mad at that. I would do that podcast. Mm-hmm. Okay. Keith, then we go back to George. He cannot get the candy bar to come out. He puts, uh, well, first he ends up putting the money in and uh, it spits the dollar back out. He cannot make that work. Yeah, really one of like the craziest things that ever happened. Like the fact that like all these, I don't know how often you put money in that you have to do this nowadays, but the fact that this still happens is so maddening. Yeah. No, we have not like made a lot of progress. Dollars. And the credit card thing is annoying, too. Yeah. I mean, do you remember when you were a kid, you'd like try to trade the dollar? Like, hey, you don't need this for a vending machine. Like, give me a better dollar. Well, that's what George tries to do with the mechanic. Yeah, he's not having it. And he is not having it. He's not into it. He ends up saying to uh, George, uh, or George tries to trade the dollar with him. I couldn't help but glance that you had plenty of crisp dollar bills in your wallet. And he says, no, you're incorrect. This guy hates George Costanza. Yeah, this guy really is just like another person who's just evil for the sake of evil. Mm-hmm. Really like the the like the negative connotations like we have associated in the show with the service industry, like never. not. And this is maybe not like the typical like restaurant type thing, but like really n- never on like more of a display than like in this episode where everyone's just incompetent and evil. <laughs> yeah. So George uh, says to the man, look, I'm very hungry. And he said, well, we had donuts earlier. Yeah. Everyone's really, gung- you know, this is not an everyday thing. Everyone's like super into the donuts. This must be a special occasion. Maybe George says, I guess everyone around here loves giving the old Scroogey, huh? You're all doing a hell of a job. And, and then he just uh, looks back at the Twix bar taunting him. Yeah, I, I can't believe that Scroogey didn't catch on either. <laughs> yeah. Uh, could you say screw job? Yeah, I think you could say screw job. That was fine. Okay. Right. I mean, like the, the, the Montreal screw job, right? Like that was like a famous thing. I think. Yeah, but not that. on network television. I mean, I, th- I think you could say it. I, I don't. I, I don't know. You think you th- that's a good question. Would the censor have a problem with the word screw job? I'm not sure. Good yeah. question. Uh, the Montreal uh, screw job had actually just happened in uh, November 9th of 1997, according to Google. Or as I like to call it, the Montreal Scroogey. Montreal <laughs> Scroogey. <laughs> yeah. Is that what the Hart family calls that? The Scroogey. Definitely. I mean, they're Canadian. They like to give funny, cute nicknames to everything. Okay. Anyway. We see that Kramer is still on the road, and now he is, like, trying to catcall women on the test drive. Uh, what do you think of this, Keeve? Am, am I pro-catcalling women? No, if that's what you're asking. <laughs> he <laughs> says to a woman, hey, ladies, it's the Saab 900. What do you think? Can I interest you in a little supplemental restraint? Keeve, what is supplemental restraint? Oh, I got no idea. That's like a weird, creepy line that doesn't mean anything, I don't think. It doesn't mean anything, or is it a feature of the car? I think it's a feature of the car, and he's trying to turn it into innuendo, but it's just weird. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you want to... If you are going to go out there and catcall women, I don't think you want to uh, ask uh, any types of restraints. Yeah, I think that's not like a first date type thing. I don't think you should be hollering that from, from your car, even if it's a nice car. 
Right. The supplemental restraint system, according to Wikipedia, is any of several restraining systems in a vehicle, such as an airbag, in addition to the seatbelt. So he is asking them about, like, what do you think of the airbag system in this car? I I guess. I don't know. It's just uh, I always like I, catcalling is gross, but I also like sort of admire the confidence of someone to catcall a woman. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, I would never do it and you shouldn't do it. But it's also like. I feel like it happens a lot. And who are all these people that just have like the confidence to just, you know, like heck a woman and like has any has any sort of hookup in the history of human, you know, like it, it, human history ever happened from a cat call? Like, what is your positive expectation of just like, you know, like yelling like, hey, lady at, at some woman walking down the street? Yeah, Keith, I, I think it's probably been uh, done to death in terms of uh, think pieces. I, I don't know if the cat caller actually expects there to be an answer. It's sort of like the dog that chases a car and he doesn't know what to do mm-hmm. if he actually caught one. Yeah. Um, but I do think that the cat call has uh, made its way to social media. Like, I think it probably doesn't happen as often in yeah, it's real sup. life. You, like, a, if a woman tweets and you say, sup. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, we again, let's let's not get ourselves into any uh, trouble by uh, pursuing No, we're anti-catcalling. I think everyone who's listening understands that. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like, it's fascinating that anyone has ever tried it. Yeah. I, I think it's more of a thing that's to impress your friends, though, than something that's an actual strategy. So you think it's usually done when someone's with a group of people as opposed to, like, the solo catcaller? That's a, that's a real crazy person. Yeah, I'd have to go and take a look. Has there ever been one one guy that's by himself who catcalls women? It seems like, to me, it's more of a uh, move to show off in front of, a, like, three or four other guys. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. I think it's more of a bonding exercise than actual that, you know, somebody's like, well, like, how did you meet your wife? Like, well, I was walking past the construction <laughs> site uh, and uh, I just yelled and she answered. She's the first person ever to answer. I've, I've yelled out to 6,000 women in the last 10 years. She was the first person to say anything. I, I do think that there's like, I don't know, there, there, there will be more weird uh, like how do you meet your how do you meet mom stories when, you know, like in 20 years, especially with the Internet, because like. I went to a wedding and I asked, uh, it was like a friend of the, of the bride's sister. I'm like, how'd they meet? And she's like, uh, like she, she did not want to say, but she was like clearly embarrassed. It was like, they met on J swipe. And I'm like, what's J swipe. She's like, that's Jewish Tinder. Mm-hmm. And they got married. <laughs> yeah. Like they have to make up a lie for their kids, right? They can't tell them that. Yeah. Um, I wonder if you could just like <laughs> say like online day. I think when you use yeah, the, online the, dating. Right. The it probably won't exist. Name. It'll be like 20 years from now. And, you know, I don't think like the apps will still necessarily be there. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> we met on MySpace. Okay. So we then see uh, Jerry and George and uh, George is like halfway underneath the uh, vending machine. He uh, can't seem to uh, get the change that's underneath. And George uh, is told to go to the cashier by Jerry, but she's at lunch where uh, George wants to be. Uh, Putty says uh, Jerry should get the CD player. CD player is still optional. It's not standard. Are you saying, are you saying, oh, yeah, it's optional. I mean, the CD player didn't become standard, I think, till like 01 or 02 and then like died a few years later. But my dad is not a music listener. He just listened to WFAN. He never got the CD player because he didn't own a single CD. He doesn't listen to music. Mm-hmm. So I was like, he would always get like the he would always get like a new Honda Accord or 
were like, then he downgraded to a Civic. He's like, the Accord's too fancy for me. Mm-hmm. But he would always have a Honda Civic with no CD player. So I know that it was not mandatory in most mainstream cars like for years afterwards okay anyway so george has 95 cents he gets the nickel from jerry he puts it in the machine and then the twix does not come out keeve uh have we yeah. made any upgrades in this phenomenon since 1998 no i think the technology is is just as bad 19 years later i i, I like i've gotten i've had i was in the hospital i got like parts stuck there's nothing you could do what are you going to do like go get like a surgeon you know like go, go like you know like uh, go to like surgeon would emergency be good here because they would be able to like sort of like uh really with no i think expertise. they'd be good at it but i they probably have better things to do in the hospital that's what i'm saying like i feel like no one in the hospital cares that your candy bar got stuck that's what i'm saying so you're kind of just you're kind of just you know like out a dollar or whatever right i have seen them where it, it's like a very fancy apparatus goes up and gets the thing some of them are better. Some of them are kind of old. Also, it's like it's a lot more credit card based now than mm-hmm. like you, there was no such thing as like a credit card in a, in a in, you know, like a one dollar vending machine or 50 cent vending machine back then. Now it's like I just use credit cards. And so you don't have to worry about the dollar not being smooth anymore, at least in that type of machine. Yeah. What about the price of candy? I feel like that the yeah. price of candy has not uh, really gone up that much. Yeah, I was thinking that like if the soda machine in my school. I remember it was a big deal. It was canned. I remember it was a big deal when it went from 50 cents to 75 cents. Right. Right. There were kids like, oh, I'm not going to get one every day now. I'm only going to get like twice a week. The the and that's now probably bottles. I don't I think bottles in machines are more popular than cans, but that would be like a buck fifty. That had no problem breaking the dollar barrier. I do think that the candy bars are still stuck in the dollar and under thing. So I think you're right. It hasn't gone up as much as one would have feared 20 years ago. Right. How much is a Snickers bar? I think in a reasonable vending machine, it's probably a dollar, right? Yeah. I mean, in a vending machine, I could see it being like a dollar and a quarter. Uh, but if you went to like a CVS, uh, I can't see it being more than a dollar. Yeah, I agree. They're not They're not really gouging you. The, the drinks, they, they make more money on the drinks than... Uh, I feel like they try to get you with like the king size and get you into like, uh, you know, the six pack of peanut butter cup. Yeah, that's true also. Yeah, but I, I agree. I don't think it's it's so outrageous. There's crazier price things. Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't think it's obscene to uh, find them for like uh, two for a dollar or even three for a dollar. What? A, yeah, you could definitely at the right store get a Twix bar. Although sometimes they're old. You have like uh, oh, old, Twix. you know, like like that's why they're discounting them because they're gonna have to throw them in the garbage soon. Yeah, you don't want the old candy. Okay, <laughs> so uh, th- this is George. Uh, he's just uh, yells at the uh, Twix and. Uh, He's just uh, gives it like a, a good Costanza, like, ha, 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 ha. Uh, it's a good George frustrated noise. Um, and then a guy walks by and says, like, hey, they just put out more donuts. Got the last one. Yeah. Why is that? Guy, like, what's the point of that guy saying it if they're gone? <laughs> right. Uh, so Kramer is still driving with test drive guy. And uh, the guy is saying, like, hey, we're starting to run out of gas. And Kramer points out that he often will drive Jerry's car and he doesn't want to get more gas. He needs to see how low can uh, this this vehicle go with almost no gas. I love for he says for a variety of reasons. I don't want to fill it up as if every reason isn't. I'm too cheap and poor. Mm hmm. Yeah. And so that is what Kramer and the guy are going to work on the rest of the episode. So back to George with the Twix. He ends up bringing in a salesperson to show the Twix bar that's hanging from the ledge. But now the Twix bar is gone and he sees that same service person who he had the encounter with earlier is now eating 
a Twix bar. Yeah, I do. I, I like the fact that, you know, and again, George is not there to buy a car, so maybe they're not going to like kiss up to him. But the, the idea is like they are supposed to be nice to you to buy the car. So it's funny that they, like no one tries to find him food. No one tries to help him out. They're all just like against him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Saab hates George Costanza. I'd say every service person hates George Costanza. <laughs> he just has a hateable face. All right. We never find out the answer to what was Elaine trying to copy, but she ends up uh, having Putty get the paper jam out and he wants to give her a high five. She doesn't want to give it. She says it's Grease Monkey. Uh, he finds that offensive and they broke up. Yes. This is the 11th time Putty and Elaine have broken up. In all, is that a serious count? Yes, that's a serious count, courtesy of C.M. Hasseinfeld, the 11th time. <laughs> okay. So, uh, that Putty now, he's broken up with Elaine, he's on tilt, and now he is uh, really going to give Jerry a scroogey. Uh Yeah, no, it's it's funny, he goes from like, I don't, you know, uh, you're getting a deal to uh, like, you're you're just another customer in two seconds. I do love when Putty says to Jerry, uh, Jerry says, uh, did you break up? And he says, uh, yeah, that chick's whacked. We're history. <laughs> uh, and then he just goes through uh, rust proofing, finder's fee, keys. And Jerry uh, is like, keys? Yeah. How are you going to start if you don't have keys? Uh, so, yeah, this is a good point, on. right? They got to charge you for the keys. Otherwise, you know, who's, who's paying for the keys? Okay. George meets up with the mechanic, Keeve, and he says, you ate my Twix. And he says, no, it was a Fifth Avenue bar. We never get to the bottom of this, but I'm led to believe that he's lying. But it's funnier if he's telling the truth, right? It is funnier, but the guy is uh, clearly lying about anything, about all this. Uh, Keeve, the Fifth Avenue bar, I feel like, um, first off, if it was coming out today, Fifth Avenue bar, way too bougie of a name for candy bar in 2018 or 2017 i mean what like what would you call it would you give it like uh the lexington first of all the rapper on the fifth avenue bar is the worst rapper in the whole candy bar game why can we agree on that what, what's it's about? brown it looks really oh old. The, the packaging yeah yeah it's terrible the pa- the actual rapper the packaging on the fifth avenue bar is straight trash mm-hmm. yeah I think it's. it sounds not bad. I, I don't remember the last time I had the uh, Fifth Avenue. Uh, according to this... What about Park? I know it's bougier, but I think the name Park Avenue Bar is a better name. Park Avenue is better. Fit, I mean, Lexington's a little long. Mm-hmm, yeah. Fifth Avenue is just... Uh, it's, it's a reach. Uh, it's uh, milk chocolate crunchy peanut butter. I definitely would, would give it a shot. But I think that it could uh, use a uh, a rebranding. Um, even they don't fi- they don't fifth they don't Ave. push it like it that? still exists. Yeah. Fifth Ave. Yeah. But then what's the like? I to a New Yorker fi- like is everyone just like calling it Ave? I guess everyone has avenues. Mm-hmm. I guess everyone does. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I just I think you blow the whole thing up. I think if you keep the bar, assuming you like the bar, I don't like the bar. But okay. if you keep the bar, just to- give it a t- like. Forget about the avenues. Throw that at the window and just give it a totally different name. Yeah, the O'Henry Bar, of course, uh, owned yeah. by Sue Ellen Mishki's uh, family, is yes. uh, they have uh, were not mentioned. No, they should. That would have been a good throwback, the O'Henry Bar. I like uh, he-, he could buy it. It's cheaper, but he doesn't want to support the Mishki family after what's happened recently. Yeah, uh, after they got kicked out of the wedding. Um, what? Okay, so rebranding the Fifth Avenue Bar. Forget about the avenue. Let's get away from Manhattan streets. Mm-hmm. So you have the same bar, better packaging. What about the snapper? The snapper. Uh, and like the commercials are like you snap it in half. Yeah. And hmm. 
So I'm looking at a uh, article from the Daily Meal on the Fifth Avenue bar uh, where they say it was introduced by Ludens. Uh, while some claim it made its first appearance in 1936, nobody has been able to track down any marketing material uh, prior to 1962. The bar hasn't even been advertised since 1993. Even yeah. so, it's worthy of praise. Uh, people compare it to the Butterfinger, which is uh, the far more popular candy bar. Yeah, listen, that's I think a lot of it's the name. Like if a Butterfinger was called Fifth Avenue, then no one would care about it. Mm-hmm. But Bart Simpson couldn't say, like, don't lay a finger on my Fifth Avenue bar. People right. would be like, get out of here, Bart. Yeah, forget that. Um, I do like the idea of, of like, fake people spokesmen also. Mm-hmm. You know, we could do that for, well, like, Fifth Avenue, we have the snapper. Are you okay with the snapper as a name? No. And then I'm we not, get, no, what, what about, like, the problem is everything it is too... It sounds like a fish. <laughs> yeah. So what do you have better better than that? What about snaps? How about snaps? The, it's snaps? I mean, this is chocolate peanut butter. Uh, you know, Butterfinger at least has butter in the title. So and what if we go similar to the, the old Bart Simpson Bartfing, Butterfingers campaigns? What if we go with Peter Griffin from Family Guy as our spokesman? Yeah. And he likes eating. He's like a good he's a good like spokesperson. Sure, here. I'd try a candy bar if Peter Griffin was into it. Yeah, he, he knows he knows his food. I feel like snaps by Peter Griffin. Mm hmm. Yeah. That's uh, that, but it's you know, not snap. It's crunch. It's not Nestle's crunch. But we can't name it crunch no. because of because Nestle crunch is already out there. Mm-hmm. If somebody, how about this is a good contest for next week? Somebody give us a better name, and we're going to rename the Fifth Avenue Bar. When I was in college, we had a speaker come once uh, for the English majors, and the and the professors would always like con us into having to go to these things for I have no idea why, even though they weren't supposed to be mandatory. But they're always nervous that they would get like a fancy guest speaker that they pay for and they'd get zero people to come. Yeah. There's only like 40 English majors in the whole school. Yes. And I was one of those stupid people. So we had a lady. I forget her name. But she her like claim to fame was that she named the whatchamacallit bar. Oh. And um, all right. It says. Yeah, this is the same. Lady. I assume that she was like a liar and that <laughs> like there's 30 people who claim responsibility for. It and it's possible she just uh, updated the Wikipedia page herself. But yeah, this is a uh, Patricia Volk. Okay, and she and she was the the um, I think she may have taught at the school at some point right before before I was there also. And she named what she used to be an ad exec before she became a writer. And she named the whatchamacallit bar. Whatchamacallit. Yeah. Okay. You like that name? Maybe she could help. Yeah. I, th- I, mean, I think it's a terrible name. It's a funny name, but like it. Hold- it's not descriptive. It can't be your favorite candy bar if it's called whatchamacallit. You know, you what? know what I mean? Okay. I think I got this. Okay, so uh, you're right. The whatchamacallit, it's all about the branding. The the Butterfinger could be called uh, something else if they have Bart Simpson uh, as the spokesperson. So we just give it like a short name, like all of these like Tumblr, like we're just going to just like come up with like a short word that we can get the URL for. It's hard to get the like the IP on a short word nowadays. Also, that's a problem. Yeah. You know, you almost have to go like six letters to even like have a chance at the of the at the trademark. On okay, it. what about uh like uh PB Cruncher, but there's no e in uh, Cruncher. PB Cruncher, I like the problem is isn't peanut butter like a bad thing now on these things because like now it's banned from uh, every school. School, all right, forget you can't it. bring it to school. You think you think Dominic is is allowed to bring a PB Cruncher? He'll freaking be expelled <laughs> if he brings in a PB. Cruncher. I know. I had to go with that. My wife sent me to the store. She said I had to go get almond butter. Uh, and she said, uh, go get him organic almond butter. And I said, that's where I draw the line. Let's stop it. Stop it. We don't, we don't need organic almond butter. Knock it off. 
Ridiculous. Yeah, the list of banned foods is, is long. Yes. My mom doesn't let hot dogs in her school. Why not? Uh, choking hazard. Uh, can't have any fun anymore. No, yeah. <laughs> Why? Heck in the day, all the kids would be choking on hot dogs. No <laughs> one could do that anymore. <laughs> all right. Uh, so uh, George is, uh, you know, adamant that this guy just ate a Twix bar. And he says, no, uh, that it was the Fifth Avenue bar. Uh, and George says, I see the cookie, and the guy tries to say it was nougat. Uh, again, it's one thing to lie. It's another thing to insult George Costanza's intelligence. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, we don't know if this guy's lying. We'll never know. We know. He's lying. I'm 95% sure he's lying. Uh, I mean, we what should be 99.99%. <laughs> okay, he's lying. Fair enough. He's lying. He's lying. He's lying. Okay. Anyway, uh, so... George is now livid after this uh, about what's going on here. He says that the car dealership is like Thunderdome. There's no rules. Yeah, great reference that everyone gets. Yes. Well, you are admittedly a Mad Max basher. Oh, is that the same family? The Thunderdome and the Mad Max people are all they're all in cahoots. Yeah. Mad Max beyond Thunderdome. Okay, I've heard of that. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, I guess, but no one would have got it for 20 years. They just got lucky that Mel Gibson decided to do a new Mad Max movie. I think people knew about Thunderdome. People knew about it, and then they forgot, and then they were reminded by a new movie that was popular. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> so George is, uh, you know, very, very upset about everything uh, going on here. Uh, so uh, we go back to uh, Kramer with uh, Rick the Dealer. And uh, the line is going below E, and uh, he can't he can't believe it. Uh, Kramer talks about a time that he got the gas tank meter below E, and then he blacked out, and he woke up with the car in the ditch, and the tank was full. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I like that story. Have you ever have you ever had a car run out of gas on you? Um, one time that happened to me. Yeah. But I wasn't driving it. Like I was parked, and then and then it wouldn't start because I was out of gas. That's things. Yeah, it's never happened to me. Yeah, although I'm not a bit as big of a driver as you. Yeah, I mean, this happened to me like in at the epitome of my brokenness. Uh, this was like in like 2000, like in college. What you mean? You used to put a, like a very small amount of gas in the tank at once. Yeah, like no gas. I had like no money. <laughs> I'm saying, would you not fill up your tank because you were a broke college kid? Is that what you're I saying? Mean, I don't think I ever filled up my tank. I think I might have. You never one. filled up the tank. Okay, <laughs> I see. I didn't know. And again, this isn't my privilege being as much as I don't. I'm not a car person. Um, but I don't know because, like, do you remember the Casey Anthony story? I was always like, had my mind blown that um she like right before like one of the last things she's known to have, have done like pre the whole incident was like i remember reading the story and thought it was so strange that she like filled up her her car with like a dollar 50 of gas or some insanely low number mm-hmm. i was like oh that's so strange but i guess it's like a normal thing i don't know yeah i mean if you don't have a lot of money you just say like all right, right. well this will get me from here to there and then i'll and then i'll right. be good yeah no for sure for sure it makes sense yeah uh and i was like parked in like a driveway of somebody's house and then it was like they couldn't like leave because my car was parked there with no gas in it so and then what do you do when you like do you call triple a can they fill Tri- up your tank a little bit or do they have to tell again you? uh that uh, i don't have triple a at this point okay but in theory what would one do now what would a grown-up well, well here, i mean AAA here's do? what you do you go to the gas station and you have to buy like a plastic bin 
and then you have to fill yeah. it up with gasoline, and then you have to mm. take it back to your car. That sounds like a nightmare. Plus, logistically, like I would never be able to do it. I'd end up like spilling. The yeah, gas and you wasted myself. money on that plastic thing that you, know, you just drive around with that in your car, smelling like gasoline uh, forever. Yeah, no, that's thanks, but I guess. But it can, will AAA come and give you gas, or they, will they I just think tow so. you to a gas I, station? I think that they will. They will. Uh, you know, they'll show they'll show up with a guy with uh, with gasoline. I think if you needed it. Should people drive around with like a tiny bit of gas in their car? No. Just in case they run out? No, it's fl- that dangerous? It's flammable. <laughs> it's, it's not like a spare tire. You shouldn't do that? You should not do that. No, don't do okay. that. Okay. We're not recommending doing that, guys. Yeah. I think it also goes bad. I don't think you're supposed to. Uh, I think you're right. I don't think it stays forever. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so uh, the proof that these scenes with Kramer and the guy from the Saab dealership are struggling is that we have a couple of them that end with Mr. Kramer, the road, look out. Um, the, why do they keep like almost doing that? And then nothing comes of it. Like we just see because them driving. They don't in the neck. have a beat to go out on in this story. Yeah. It's weird. They keep doing that. And it's like, and also like in comedy and like, and that continues to Seinfeld. Like they always do things in threes and like all these gags here, like the George Vane and the lookout are both done in twos. And there's no like third home run, you know, like, this is why we're doing this punch. It's weird, right? Yeah. No, I don't lead to anything. I really think that this is one of the worst storylines that we've talked about in a while. And one that gets a lot of screen time here. And, and I agree. It's the, right. one it's of like the, the worst, storyline, recent storylines, right? Yeah. Like there. It doesn't ruin the episode for me, but I agree with you. It doesn't ruin the episode, but it's just that it, we keep going back to it and there's uh, not a lot of funny here. And, and also, like, the viewpoints of these two characters keeps changing. Yes. It, it, there's no consistency. It's like one minute, like, Kramer is, is sort of hesitant. The next minute, for no reason, Rick is hesitant. It's bananas. But it makes no sense. The joke keeps changing also where yes. it's like, yeah, yeah. you know, we're doing, uh, you know, uh, you know, he wants to get like the game of this keeps changing where he wants to get back and then Kramer wants to drive around. And then, they, you know, we do it like where he's like we try to pretend like he's almost like a, a guy who's going back. Like uh, it's like an AA type thing where it's like he wants to go back to, uh, you know, abusing drugs or alcohol. And Kramer is like like talking him back off and we do a Thelma and Louise parody in this. It's just, there's so many times that we go back to this and I just feel like that the writers did not have a great idea what they wanted to accomplish here. I agree. I agree. It's just a mess. All right. So Jerry recruits George to come back and talk with Putty. And so Jerry feels like, okay, now George, you know, uh, I need your help here. And so George uh, can only think about the candy bar. He says uh, that I need to know the name of the mechanic. He's got a short name. Is it Sam, Mo, Sal? Yeah, and also, we never find out the guy's name, right? Yeah, that's fine. I mean, I think that's funny that it was just George knows it's a short name. Uh, yeah, he keeps guessing the name. It is funny, but it's weird that we never get the Does he have a name tag? I don't think he has one. If, if it is, it's not visible to the naked eye. I'm not sure. Okay. Or at least my eyes. Uh, and Jerry's trying to get George back on focus, and uh, George is uh, unable to do it. He says he feels like his uh, stomach is shrinking. And uh, that Jerry's getting uh, very upset about all of this as uh, George cannot concentrate on uh, the car deal. Uh, He says that uh, the just because the candy bar fails to fall from his perch does not imply transfer of ownership. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it is tough, right? Like, what do you suppose? It's like finding a dollar in the street. Like, how much responsibility do you have to, like, find you know the the owner of this dollar who's never coming back none like, what is he supposed to ask every single person in the store like 
hey, right. Is this, did anybody else like and, and maybe it was just stuck and like, for you know, like by accident. I mean, I guess he knows because George has asked him. But what you know, you have no responsibility to find the rightful owner of the Twix. Box. Right. But if this guy wasn't a horrible person that he should have, uh, he knew George was at the vending machine. He knew George was looking for a dollar. He didn't give him one. He got two Twix bars. He was eating them. He gets called out. He denies that that's the case. That this guy is a bad person. Uh, yeah. No, I, I, I happen to like this storyline, but yeah, this is uh, funny. Yeah. No, I, I'm not uh, complaining about the storyline. I'm saying that I'm 100% Team Costanza on this. I am. I, of, I mean, of course, like G- George was wrong. One of the ways that the vending people get you also is like how much effort, like only George Costanza would even consider putting in the effort to. Like, what am I going to do? Call up the hospital when, like, they ate my dollar a few months ago and, like, hey, you owe me a dollar, you know? Or, like, or like wait, like, call up the company and be like, what are you going to do? Mail me 50 cents because my thing got stuck? Like, they put in, you know, 100 candy bars, but then they get paid for, like, 120 because 20 mm-hmm. of them just get stuck and they, you know, they, they sell the same bar twice. It's a brilliant scheme. <laughs> That's why they still have vending machines, even though it seems like outdated technology. Yeah, it's still happening. All right. So, still on the road. Kramer is now saying, hey, we should get some gas. And now Rick is saying, no, we can't stop now. We need to just go for it. Right. And like as if it's never going to run out, like we're just going to go for it. And like, what's the end game here? Right. Uh, And he's not going somewhere. Would it be more interesting if they were trying to get somewhere? I mean, it could not be less interesting. Like because they're just coming back to square one. So who cares if they get stuck two blocks away? Like Kramer's just going to like leave Rick to deal with it, which is what happens. Like what if they were going to, you know, like like a underground casino or um, that suggestion brought to you by the new movie, the house open this week in theaters, the, or like the um, like a, a ball game or something like what, you know, if they were somewhere where you were actually invested in them getting there, it would make more sense. Yeah. And Rick brings up, we could go for it just like Thelma and Louise. And of course that we will uh, see the Thelma and Louise parody at the end of the episode. Keith Thelma and Louise is a 1991 film. Mm-hmm. Why are we talking about it here? in 1998 i do think it was very popular in 90s culture like the idea of like we're two people on the run we're thelma and louise even though of course i've never seen that movie like you know how many times have you heard thelma and louise like uh referenced in in other pop culture i feel like a lot okay uh 2021 should mean you do thelma and louise movie podcast uh 30 year anniversary Let's do it. I mean, I'm not going to watch it, but I'll talk about it as if I watch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and again, uh, this ends with uh, Mr. Kramer. Watch out the road. Yeah. We go back to Jerry calls up Elaine on the payphone and needs her to come down. He's getting a scroogey from Putty and not in the good way. And uh, he's yelling. And I love that we, for the first time, see Jerry on the opposite end of one of these phone calls where... Elaine is the one who says, uh, who is this? And then Jerry just starts hitting the, the payphone receiver onto the payphone itself. It only could have been better if this was George answering the phone. But yeah. I, I love this. It's one of my yeah, favorite. It's really funny. I like I like Elaine like squeezing. It's realistic. Like Elaine would squeeze the care fare out of it. Cab fare out of him. You know, like would squeeze a lunch out of him. I do like this. Scene. Yes. So Jerry's going to pay her cab fare. Uh, that would be for for our younger listeners. That would be like saying that I'll pay for your Uber to come over and take me there. And then uh, she also wants lunch from Arby's, or she didn't like the Arby's. She wants uh, Jerry to pay for her to get lunch. Yeah, I assume they don't 
they wear, so you have to assume it's just monks. Someplace good. Some, or, or she's going to stop and get monks on the way there? No, on the way, af- I think after they're done, they're going for lunch, which is going to eventually be dinner by the time they leave this place. Okay. All right. George- I mean, it's dark outside in, in Kramer's storyline, right? Mm-hmm. Eventually, yeah. Uh, George goes to complain to the manager. And uh, I, I also, I like this scene where he's talking about how uh, I need to report a problem with the mechanic. And they ask him, when did you bring your car in? And he's trying to explain, no, I didn't bring my car in, uh, but he ate my Twix bar. And uh, the guy is trying to get to the bottom of the story, but everybody is weighing in. Yeah. George is a couple really like blink and you'll miss it. Amazing lines in the episode. Like when he's describing the guy, I think it was an earlier scene. And he's like, you know, he has a short name. He's a liar. And and then the third thing. Mm-hmm. And then and then here in this scene when he's like, all I want is my 50, my 75 cents back, an apology and for him to be fired. <laughs> yeah. That's great, too. But I love all of these, like, side characters that, like, weigh in here where they're talking about, uh, like, oh, you mean a $100,000 bar? Like, uh, oh, no, you know, they change that. They call that a hundred grand bar. Uh, And then uh, they're just going back and forth. And uh, I his dad is talking about Hershey's for a nickel. She's talking about nougat. Like, there's a lot going on. It's funny. Yeah. And there's a guy that's behind George that says, uh, is that the one with the swirling chocolate in the commercial? And George, very frustrated. Yells. They all have swirling chocolate in the commercial. Not Which Skittles. Yeah. <laughs> Not Skittles. <laughs> yeah. And also, uh, we uh, you get a couple to, uh, mentions of coconut in this episode. Uh, there's too much coconut in Twix. Uh, this guy doesn't like it because there's too much coconut. There's no coconut in Twix. Yeah, right? well, that's Isn't the joke. That? Yeah. Right. So what, what's the most mainstream bar that has coconut? Well, it's really this two uh, Almond Joy and yeah. Mounds. And the difference there is that the Mounds bar has almonds. Uh, or, I'm sorry, that. You know what? It's 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 yeah. This is very where it's confusing. So I believe the Mounds Bar has dark chocolate and almonds. Mm. But it, I'm, and are you pro dark chocolate? Because to me, dark chocolate is is just repulsive. Oh, I'm very pro dark chocolate. Darker the better. Uh, it's one of my least favorite foods. The the uh, Mounds is mentioned in this episode. I don't believe almond joy is mentioned. Yes. So uh, let's see. So yes, this is Mounds Bar. Like uh, I'm trying to think if I like uh, talk myself into this backwards. Uh, yeah, so the Almond Joy has the almonds and it's milk chocolate mm. and Mounds right. has the uh, dark chocolate and coconut. Both delicious. Sounds like an Iceland Greenland thing, but I get you. Yeah, no, no, it's right. No, it, it, I said it wrong. I, I, I was saying it wrong. Okay. So the Almond Joy does, as the name implies, have an almond in it. Yeah, Mounds also a horrendous name. Mounds is like a decent bar. Like if Mounds had a better name, it would be 10 times bigger. Mm. Just like one of the worst names out there. Mounds of what? It's like dirt, garbage, coconut. like coconut. I know. Yeah. So I, it needs a better name. Like, I, I know that they don't want to, like, put, you know, maybe play up the coconut thing. But Mounds is a worse name even than Fifth Avenue. Yeah. So Mounds original slogan was indescribably delicious. Mm. That's again, that feels like a punt to me on uh, coming up with. Uh, that's like a 40 slogan. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's very basic. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, sometimes you feel like a nut, sometimes you don't. Almond Joy has nuts, Mounds don't. So that's the uh, to all the people that were screaming at me 30 seconds ago. What about Round Mounds? But it's not a round candy, so I don't know how that works. What's r- Round Mounds is what you want to call this? No, the Mounds Bar. Like, we, we, you can't keep Mounds' name. That's, an, that's just a horrible name. Okay, yeah. I would say that uh, you want to call it like a, like a coconut, like, a, you know, Something with coconut, like, uh, 
How about coconut? Mounds is, Mounds is called Bounty outside the U.S. I think that's a, it's not a perfect name, but that's definitely a better name than Mounds. Yeah. Bounty. Okay. What about coconut with no U? How about this? This is a very internet thing. What about take out all the vowels and it's CCNT? CCNT. Yeah. I got to get some CCNT. I like it. That's good. Yeah, yeah, I think we got something. How about CCNT Dark? <sighs> yeah, and that Sounds even like exotic. opens up. You could have you could have a light chocolate version of it if it's a hit, right? CCNT Dark and CCNT Light. Yeah. Okay. Let's go. Let's print it. Yeah, I think we're I th- we're really sales are it. up thirty percent. We're gonna have no podcast in like a couple months. We're just gonna be like rebranding candies for people. I mean, I think we're actually we found something we're actually good at. <sighs> this is impressive. Okay. The candy just comes out like on a conveyor belt, uh, and then uh, we just uh, rebrand it. Boom. It's just me, you, and like a George Costanza type mm-hmm. there, and just immediately like, uh, uh, we'll get a woman, like a, we need the woman's perspective, like a third person, and we're just like the candy jury, and that's our show. Candy jury. We're just name. Yeah. Candy jury. All right. So people- I don't know if we should limit to candy. We, no, no, we, no, it shouldn't, we, it shouldn't just be candy. Foods. So people come out with we us were, like, the, we had the we had the huge hit of, of American salami. Remember that, people. right? So different brands, struggling brands come out, mm-hmm. and yes. they just bring out like, uh, like, oh, our Brillo is underselling. What can you do for us? And like, okay, mm-hmm. Brillo. Okay, that's not great. Uh, we need yeah. something, you know, to speak to how powerful this is. Okay, yeah. and then we go from there. I think this is a hit. Now, I don't know if this is audio. I think this needs to be a video show. I don't sure. know. I don't know if this will work as just a podcast. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure out the logistics. Yeah, we could workshop it. We got time. Yeah. We'll, we'll record the pilot on the bus with Kenny Kramer after the pet draft. Oh, perfect. Oh, Kenny, he could be our, like, oh, maybe we'll do a, like, a celebrity guest. Like, that could be our third person, or maybe we'll have, like, a third person, like a woman. Yeah. Well, and then the, the fourth first person will be the celebrity could be guest. the Kenny Kramer bus tour that's not selling well. So we need to then, uh, you know, boost, uh, you know, like, uh, I need a rebranding. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we'll go from there. All right. <laughs> so so finally, Elaine gets to the dealership and she is uh, still upset with Putty. Putty is upset with her. Jerry ends up sort of in this uh, reversed role where he is the person who needs to put Elaine and Putty into this uh, relationship. I feel like this whole story point was written backwards from the line that Jerry says, what do I need to do to put you two in a relationship today? Yeah, it's a great point. I think that's the center of the whole storyline. They like that joke and then they work backwards. I love that theory. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's great. And it's fun. You know, Jerry is like uh, really, uh, he embraces that role. Uh, Elaine and Putty look like uh, that they are trying to buy the car. So it's well acted, uh, all of this. Yeah, they do a good job here. Other than the Kramer thing, everything that happens inside the dealership is well done. Okay. Uh, Kramer and Rick arrive at a gas station. Uh, Kramer's going to get a Twix bar uh, and Rick doesn't like coconut so Kramer says I'll get you a Mounds bar <laughs> and so Rick decides okay I need to put gas in the tank why this was his old it does now here's my theory okay mm-hmm. uh, Rick hates his life I don't know if he's married what his family situation is but it's bad the yeah. only time that he felt alive is hanging out and driving around with Kramer he doesn't want it yeah. to end he doesn't care yeah, about hundred percent. Yeah. Second, this ends. It's 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 Cinderella. It's pumpkin Cinderella midnight. You know, he's back to his dreary day to day, nine to five, awful life. I agree. He probably has a wife, but she hates him. Perhaps I don't want to like suggest anything, but they're fake people. So let's say it. She's probably she's got a boyfriend. You know, another guy on the side. Probably. And uh, yeah, he he um, 
he basically just found out. And Rick is miserable. And you're right. Kramer is the only time that he has felt like a human being in the last six months. But he is saying, oh, the car needs it. Uh, the tank is bone dry. Kramer says, uh, but I want you to be there when Kramer and that other guy uh, went further to the left of the slash than anyone ever dreamed. Uh, mm-hmm. But but for him, I don't think it's about that he is accomplishing something. It's that he's away from his terrible life. Right. But I also think like he, the, the, what's balancing on the other side is that he knows he's probably getting fired. Like Rick probably gets fired at the end of this. Mm. Right. He goes on an all day joyride with a customer who wasn't even interested in buying a car. Um, I think that and who literally buys a different car. Yeah. Like the friend of the customer. Um, I, you know, so I think he realized that, too. Like when he comes back to the lot. It's good that he comes back because he's in trouble, but it's bad because he's going to pay the piper. He's going to like have to deal with this disaster. Okay. All right. So George ends up bringing back uh, the manager, Willie, to come see a candy lineup where they is going to try to have the service person identify a Twix. And uh, while Willie says, I don't really have time for this, George continues to bring him in there and we see that everybody uh including willie's dad is in there eating all of the candy yeah this is great like he set set up so well george for like two seconds is the world's greatest mastermind then he opens up this door and he's like the biggest doofus of all time okay let's talk through the elephant in the room Oh, there's, it's eight elephants, and I'm not sure we're smart enough to figure out the answer. But Where yeah, did all of these Twix come from? I mean, every single person wrote and asked this question. It's he had to have gone out to like two different CVSs to buy because even if you went to CVS, I'm not sure they would have ten Twix, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, you might have had to go to like two different CVSs or Rite Aids or wherever they are, and they might be like on the island. Like, you know, I don't know how he got there. Did he have to take Jerry's car? It's it's not mentioned for some reason. It's crazy. Hmm. All right, Keith, my next question for you. Uh, mm. Is Steve Corrin on Twitter? I believe he is. Okay. Can we get the answer to this? I don't. I, like, let me just correct myself. Um, he is not. He's one of the only season nine writers who is not on Twitter. Mm. I do think that, like, Ferriston is so involved that if we speak to Spike Ferriston this season, it's not unreasonable to at least, like, throw this question by him. He wrote the next episode, he's around. You know, it's it's a question we can ask him and maybe uh, we can ask him a few more season nine questions and see if he if he you know gets any of them. OK, I did a quick <laughs> Google search of uh, where did George Costanza get all of the Twix? And uh, I really I see only one search result from alt.tv.narchive.com, uh, which is a news group. Uh, people uh, attempted to answer this, but so I have a theory that Mm -hmm. is on this website. Okay. Uh, Okay. Here is a theory presented by a person named Rob from 13 years ago, Keith. I love, I love when the internet is old. Yes. Uh, It's again, this is from a news group and they say that the, remember the candy lineup took him an hour to prepare the candy. Uh, So, what he did was there was a mental hospital quite near there. So maybe he secured his candy lineup from there. It's insane. I like the theory, but it's just wrong. Like sometimes we have questions like, "Ooh, I really wish we could have the answer. I don't think that there is uh, a good answer. I, I think we're going to get like a shrug or like, I don't know, or who cares from 
from this if we even if we got to Corin. Hmm. Yeah. I did, did the listeners have any theories? No, people had the question, but no, I don't th- we could go through it, but I don't think anybody has an actual answer. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, the mental hospital is interesting, but George did not really have the money to be able to get the Twix from there. Right. He doesn't have any money. That's a big thing. Like he would have said like, "Hey Jerry, can I borrow $10 to go buy 10 Twix bars?" Like yeah. At a certain point, that would have been a more interesting conversation than anything happening with Putty and Elaine. Right. Also, there is uh, some thought that he could have gone to the mechanic's locker. And then he had 10 Twix in his locker? Yes. And again, he was gone for an hour. So he would he have said have... that. That would have been like a Scott Tennerman type thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I stole your Twix and gave him out. You're eating your own Twix. Okay. I made you eat your parents. Like, I, I don't think... I don't think uh, like that. That should have been in the episode. I I don't know if we're ever going to have a, a happy ending here. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, we'll see. Uh, unlike Scott Tennerman, uh, or or just like Scott Tennerman, uh, no happy ending in this storyline. Uh, George ends up screaming to the camera, Twix, and we see like the spinning uh, Captain Kirk uh, con shot from the beginning of season eight. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I always thought that was from Timberwolves GM David Kahn, not from Star. Yes. Yes, that's what a lot of people thought. It's a common misconception. All right. uh, So we finally go back to Jerry with Putty and Elaine. They negotiate this deal uh, where Arby's no more than once a month. And Elaine has to come to Putty's softball game and she can't read a book. I love that that's part of it. Like that she can she would go, but she has to read a book. She's not allowed to. Yeah. Why? She has to watch the game. Pay careful attention. Yeah, it's pretty funny. At least like now she could be. Like on her phone and be like, I was taking pictures or, you know, I was Googling softball facts. Mm-hmm. That's right. So yeah, that's going to be a thing. That's a that's a that's a modern day uh, concern of uh, you have to watch the game, not be on your iPhone if you are the guest of one of the players. So they are. This is relationship. Uh, try number 12. If you're keeping score at home. Yes. For the pudster in a lane. My brother has this. See that it's uh, a issue for him in dating that he wants to have somebody who's going to come to all of his intramural games. I thought, I thought you were going to say that he's broken up with the same girl 12 or 13 times. Like, <laughs> um, I didn't say he that. wants a girl who will come to his intramural games. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. It's interesting. Yeah. I like the idea. Like, it's it's a movie trope from the 80s, like the doting girlfriend who just wants to watch you play. Like, I wonder, like, if I was a sports guy by the time my wife met me, because I liked playing sports when I was a kid, but I kind of retired once I hit 20 or 21. Yeah. I, I'm, very cur- I, I'm very curious if my wife would, would go see me play. And you're not a sports guy, so I can't really ask you, mm. right? Nicole's never watched you play sports. I mean, event. I can't get her to listen to one of my podcasts and they go, like, well, the, sporting events, automatically yeah, to I, her phone. <laughs> I mean, except the time you realized a few years ago that she wasn't subscribed to your to your podcast. Right, right. She, I can't get her to subscribe, let alone listen. Uh, and she leaves one star reviews, which is weird. Mm-hmm. Um, the it's interesting, right? I do. I, I get what he's saying, but would well. Let me ask you this: Would he go to to the prospective? girls games if if she was like on a uh, female basketball team or something like that. yes yes he would go to her but if she had like yeah. something like that was uh like some sort of like a dance recital not right to... he would not go yeah right. so i think that's fair I, I i tell your brother that you 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 think you want someone who's into sports like my friend whose wife really likes football he can't come to football sundays and barbecue with us because they can't like both leave their kids every single sunday and get a babysitter mm-hmm. you know through from like one to eleven every sunday so, like, we all go, and he has to stay home and watch the game with his wife, which is a nightmare, right? So, like, I, you think you want another person who has the same interests as you, but I feel like it's better if you have someone who has no interests. 
I'm speaking to someone who doesn't have a single thing in common with their wife. I, f- I feel like ultimately it works better. You just do your own thing. Okay. So Jerry is back to getting the insider's deal and uh, they're all happy. And we go back to Kramer and the salesperson one more time. They talk about how much they learned and they're about to pull back into the dealership. But much like Thelma and Louise, they are going to go ahead and uh, hold hands and go off the proverbial cliff. Or the, or, or the literal cliff, you know, depending on what they see. They how would probably would have gone have. off a cliff. Yeah. yeah. If they could get to the cliff. All right. Uh, And then we come back for the tag and uh, that we find out that the deal for the new car ended up getting scuttled because Jerry could not give Putty a high five. Jerry's putting his foot down. I hate when Jerry's like acts so, uh, you know, self-destructively, but and especially it's weird. It's off camera. Like we don't really see the fallout from it, but it's funny. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Uh, I did like that. This is a uh, closing beat to the story of that's how the deal ended up falling apart. Uh, George stopped and got Arby's. It's very good, though. I feel like in a car of four people like that, the Arby's like is eating in the car. I think he is. Right. Yeah, it's that's not it's not an ideal car smell. Not ideal, but again, it's a taxi. I know, but car. you're still like Elaine and Jerry still have to inhale the Arby's. Nah, I think you're being a little precious here, Keeve, with, uh, okay. the, you know, if it was their car and their car was going to smell like Arby's forever. I guess it's not right. It's not the worst food. And it's not like the windows could be open, although it is the winter. So yeah. I'm not sure. If the cab That's driver was OK with it, I think that they, they, they as passengers, uh, yeah, they, fair you, enough. Know, that, you know, especially George is starving anyway. Right. Um, and so kramer ultimately uh runs out of gas finally as well yeah big shock and then sort of like a like a backdoor ending of him just like leaving and it's all on you rick which you expect right okay keeve there you go that was the dealership and a lot of candy talk here today yeah candy lovers are gonna love this episode everybody else probably gonna hate it yeah they might not be with us anymore might not not that they died they just shut off the podcast (laughs) turned it off a while ago all right keeve let's talk through these uh storylines i guess uh we have the storylines that take place at the dealership for the most part and then uh the one that's off to the side of the road so jerry trying to buy the car jerry doesn't really have uh i mean i would say jerry slash elaine it's a it's essentially the same storyline i'd say jerry they're in every scene together basically so let, I would just grade it Jerry slash Elaine and I'm going to give it an A minus slash B plus. No classic lines, nothing bad. It's not boring. It's, you know, everything is pretty good. It, it's, you know, an important part of the story. So it's really hovering on the A minus B plus line to me. I was going to give it a B. I'll give it a B plus for Elaine's putty impressions. Yeah, there's a couple like sneaky good jokes in there. Uh, you know, putty is this is good putty in this episode. Uh, I don't mind it. So pretty fair. Mm hmm. Yeah. And then we have everything going on with George and the Twix. Yeah, I think this is an easy A. George has some really great lines in here. He has a mental breakdown. Jason Alexander does one of his better, better acting jobs of the whole series here. I, to me, it's an obvious A. Not an A plus if we were giving it A pluses, but it's an A. Yeah, I'll give it an A as well. And then finally, uh, Kramer with going to uh, on the joyride. It's a D. I mean, I, I don't think it's F worthy. But um, we're sponge worthy. I think that's what they call in this episode in this show. But the I don't I think it's D uh, it's not D minus. It's just a D. It's inoffensive, but it doesn't bring anything to the table. It's like a waiter with no hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give it a D as well. I, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't be opposed to an F here, but uh, we can go with the D. OK. OK. All right. There mm-hmm. you go, Keeve. And in the episode rankings, uh, where does the dealership come in for you? I will say. Not super high, uh, above average. I will say you have it at 58. Okay, you're close. I have it at 70. I think even 70 is a little high considering like 
there's not one classic moment and there's one storyline that I, I think stinks. This is one of the episodes that gets worse probably with rewatches because like you're enjoying George's madness and you don't realize the Kramer storyline doesn't go anywhere. So you don't hate it. You sort of like mm. following along interestedly. Uh, so I think this is a rare episode that gets worse with rewatches. But, worse um, with rewatches. I, I enjoyed but, this uh, one going through it. I, I just thought it was like very different to have them not in the usual. Yeah, no, setting. I like I like in in season nine for them to sort of go back to season three material and really just be out for a whole episode. It was definitely worth doing. It's a good episode. Uh, number seventy seems like a fair score. I also want to say kudos to them for the set design. I don't know where they shot this. If this was like another one of these, yeah, things they talk they... about it in the um, in the uh, commentary on the episode. Okay, what did they do? Oh, I don't. I, I just know that they talk about it. I didn't listen to the whole commentary. Yeah, uh, I don't know if they, if it was like one of these things, like with the parking garage where they took the whole set apart uh, and they rebuilt a dealership set. But the dealership set is very believable as a dealership. Yeah. Oh, it's a great set. Absolutely, one of the better sets we've had. I. 100% agree. You feel like you're in a dealership all the time. Okay. Johnny DeSavera wants to know, uh, or let us know, the dealership was the last episode where the Jerry apartment and monks are never shown. So uh, a little interesting. Yeah, if, if there's anyone who's, who tracks these things, I'd like to know how many episodes we don't see Jerry's apartment and how many episodes we don't see monks. I did see Elaine's apartment. That. We do see the inside of Elaine's apartment. That's a good call. Okay. Craig from Vancouver says, George acts like he's a master of car buying, even though he's the person who bought a car for, from a dealer because it was owned by John Voight, even though the chances of that were slim and an obvious sales tax. Well, maybe that's why he sort of got, uh, you know, he got taken advantage of for the last time. And now he's really brushed up on this. Yeah, he's, he's coming to play again. He's like an idiot. He just doesn't realize he's an idiot. But yeah, he is definitely at least trying hard here. All right, Keith, what does Dan the Benefactor have to say? Uh, Dan wants to know. He wants us to know. Did you know the high five was either invented or at the very least popularized by Dusty Baker? He's a now baseball manager, but back then he was a player. Mm -hmm. In 1997, back in his playing days. He doesn't normally do it that much these days, but for special occasions, like Daniel Murphy having five RBIs against his former team, You'll see him doing it 40 years later. Um, oh, boy. For the record, uh, it is Dan. no longer a special occasion when Daniel Murphy has yeah. uh, five RBIs against his former team, Dan. Yeah. And also, like, they were probably high-fiving Dusty Baker and Daniel Murphy because, like, Supreme Court took away some rights against Americans or something. Oh, like that. okay. I, I, <laughs> All right. Lindsay, uh, she wants to know, what's your gas tank etiquette? My mother is a get gas slightly before the half tank mark person, and my stepdad is more of a Kramer type caused a lot of arguments on long drives. Keeves, do you have a gas tank rule? I don't. Um, I'm more of a, you know, too soon rather than way too long type of guy for sure. I like mm-hmm. the half tank. I like oh, never let it get too low because then you don't have to worry about like because the worst is when you're rushed, especially like things you have to do. Like we're always picking up kids or whatever and you don't have like stop and either like get out of the car with the kids or um, like you're late for school and you first have to worry about getting gas. So never like your life will be better if you never let your gas run low honestly i don't have a rule about it it's not one of the things that i think about too much uh but my wife does get very antsy if we get below a quarter of a tank and god forbid the you know a gas light comes on she goes into palpitations yeah um yeah don't let the gas light come on people yeah, I mean, but you could drive for a long time with the gas light on. You definitely can, but why would you? Like, the downside is just, is like the worst day of your whole month mm-hmm. or year, so why try it? Right. Well, I guess, Keith, uh, you know, uh, once you've been through it like me, 
you know that you know once you've hit rock bottom, you can yeah. you know get past anything. But you know, I don't understand. Yeah, why. but when you're a college kid, like time doesn't matter. Now it's like time is money. Could you imagine if you had to spend the whole day dealing with like getting your car to a uh, like right? You know. But to me, it's like oh, I, I don't drive around with the gas light on for fun. It's like I'm driving. Boom. The, the light comes on. Oh, I need to go get gas. But it's like, is it easy point. to get gas in L.A. or is it one of these things yeah, where like a lot hard. of times you have I mean, to drive I'm, far. I'm never driving like on the interstate where it's like, oh, my God, 30 miles to the next gas station. What am I going to mm-hmm. do? So, you know, there's, you know, a worst case scenario. If I've got 10 miles to get to a gas station, I'm never outside of a 10 mile radius to a gas station. I'm going to be fine. But, uh, you know, my, my wife will go into just like, you know, and I say like, like she will go into like, you know, panic attack, like angry, trigger. Mad at you. Your right. fault. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, we'll go. Get, now we'll go get gas. Okay. Uh, you know, because uh, I think that that was the thing. Her father said that if you let the gas tank go too low, then you get all sorts of uh, junk in the engine problems yeah Yeah. my my father-in-law is a car person okay so then he knows it's not just like an urban legend i mean it may be um maybe but it is one (laughs) that he believes strongly okay okay fair enough matt and mass what's he up to uh what's the point in having a candy lineup if all the candy bars were twix it's not as if he broke them off into pieces and it would be difficult to tell because you could clearly tell that they were all intact when people were eating them uh i mean i I think that George is sort of at half capacity right now. I think he just wanted to have his jerk store moment of tell everybody off when people were trying to say, oh, this is definitely uh, a O'Henry bar. This is definitely a hundred grand bar. He could have just said like, no, you're all liars. They were all Twix. It doesn't make Uh, sense. No, it would have been a great moment. I do think they sort of like ruined their own great moment, which is funny. It's even funnier to sort of sabotage George here. Yeah. What about Mike C.? Mike C says, we all know Harambe is the number one gorilla in Akiva's heart, but are either of you familiar with Coco the gorilla? He's not a chimp or a monkey. Great ape language studies were popular among researchers between the 60s and 80s, but have really since fallen out of favor. I've worked with an ape. Oh, look, at, we have a lot of like, yeah, zoo people in our in our audience, a weird amount of zoo people. I've worked with an ape that can sign before. And even though the science behind it is questionable, it's pretty rad to see firsthand. Yeah, I'd imagine that was cool. It was like a video going around Facebook where like, uh, like gorilla was like watching gorilla cute gorilla videos on on youtube mm-hmm. right uh so, yeah like gorillas uh I'm, I'm not anti-gorilla i like gorillas but i agree like they were it was popular they were trying to get them to talk i think it ended with the movie congo do you remember you ever see the movie uh, congo no I, I was gonna say that it really peaked with uh jane goodall i feel like that uh the work that she did but i feel like that there's yeah. been there has not been a millennial jane goodall to come along yeah, because then like the Congo in Congo, it's like they have the the um, hieroglyphics and then right. they're like, oh, the hieroglyphics are uh, they say we are watching you. And like the gorillas are super smart. Yeah. And then they realize like if we let the gorillas get too smart, they're going to take over. Yeah. The war so of the planet the of the apes movies not helping yeah. the cause. No, like they'll, they will take us on and they will beat us. They are bigger and stronger and smarter. So don't, right. don't teach them anything. The gorillas. Unless, you know, we need them to fight back against the robots. Us and the gorillas versus the robots. Yeah, that would be a tough one. Unless uh, the robots side with the gorillas. Robots and gorillas versus us, we'd be done. We'd have done. no chance I mean, against, we're the done against, the against the gorillas or the robots. So uh, we need like one. And we of could the- at least feel like we have nukes. Like we could put up a little bit of a fight. Mm, against nah, the robots the are going to have the access to that. No, the robots will be locked us, out. We'll be locked out. Us versus gorillas, we have a shot. Us versus gorillas and robots, it's game over from day one. What us Wave and gorillas versus robots? Because I mean the robot fair fight. Yeah, but what are the gorilla like? The robots don't care about the gorillas. They're not afraid of the gorillas. That's why they're our number one secret weapon. It is true. They are kind of they are kind of the ace in the hole. Okay. All right. This is good. 
It, like, On the Canadian. They could like climb into like the server room where we can't get into. Mm-hmm. It's just start unplugging everything. Yeah, they don't have everything. fear. I don't think gorillas have like the same. They're not chickens and cowards like we are. Right. No offense to actual chickens if they're listening. Okay. Uh, Don the Canadian says, I left an iTunes review just now as you suggested readers to do, but rather than send you an email. I like how we're readers. Yes. Like, well, like everyone listening is a reader. <laughs> Uh, but rather than just send you an email specifically about the next Seinfeld episode, I have asked you to confirm something on your show for your audience. Is it true you've never met each other? You mentioned that a long while ago, and even though you're on opposite ends of the country, if it's still true, I think that it is a fact you should point out every week because it's hilarious and surprising. Well, I don't know how surprising it is. Uh, yeah, I think people listen like they know for sure. I think mo- like if you've listened every week, you know that we've never met each other. I have never met. We've never talked a- about a story. Yeah, I've never met. We 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 were like seven miles away from each other recording an episode when we were both at our parents' house in Long Island. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was two years ago at this point. Yeah. Uh, so really, we should have just met then and gotten over with. Because like the longer you don't meet each other, the more awkward it will be, right? Well, it's going to be awkward. No, but it definitely wouldn't have been awkward if we had met relatively early. Now it's like there's like pressure on the meetup. There's build up. What if know? we don't hit it off? What if we don't hit it off? What if we're only online people and we're not in person buddies? You know? Yeah. What that if be, uh, what if bad. I have BO and then you're like, oh, my God. And what if I have BBO and then it's like a double whammy? <laughs> yeah. OK, what does Amir have to say? Yeah, But I should point out, I think we hopefully will uh, meet each other very soon. I think. Yes. I don't know if we're uh, it's that 2017 is going to be the year. Uh, yeah, I would, it would be hard pressed to not be. Um, so Amir says George tells Jerry that he needs one more nickel to buy the Twix bar from the machine at the cost of 50 cents. George then puts in three coins and presses B5 for the Twix. Amir's like freeze framing everything here. This is mathematically impossible. There's no three coins that have 50 cents. I feel like I have deja vu. I feel like Amir has like sent the same question before. Hmm. For other episodes? Yeah, I don't know. Like I've, it's like a very Amir question. Three coins, 50 cents. He's correct, right? Quarter, quarter, penny. No, that doesn't work. Dime, dime. Qu- like there's nothing that works for three, three coins, but 50 cents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unless he put in a quarter, quarter and then like a twig, like a, like a, like a stick just to mess with the machine. <laughs> right or like a fake quarter yeah no it's a good point unless maybe but didn't he put one in beforehand maybe he's like he might have a quarter and now he's doing like nickel dime and then dime yeah i i don't want to think too much about that and also he attaches a picture and says is the guy in the background wearing a beltless executive trench coat and that's i believe the same guy who george brings to the machine to try and show him what happens and then they eventually question the unnamed uh twix stealer so mm. it looks like it, if you have the picture in front of you, it looks like an executive, but there's no belt. I don't know if I That's have. That's a good catch by Amir okay. from an, Amir's email. He sent let, it. Let me take um, a look. Amir is really our most eagle eyed um, viewer. Okay. Or reader, as, as we like to call them. Uh, so Amir has, uh, I don't know. You know what? It's, it's, it is possible. Uh, we have to go back and take a, take a look. Um, or at least get some answers from somebody. We need to get the writer on Twitter. Steve, we Corrin. really should have just done every episode with the writer. It would have been much easier if we just had the writer of every episode. Right. On the podcast right. If us. they had nothing else to do, they could have just. And they could here. be like the live feed. People like they don't speak the whole time, but only if we have like a question for them. Yeah. You know, like, all right, now it's like you could chime in. You could like wake up, buddy. All right. Uh, and then finally, Chester writes to say Kramer is a come with guy, but it's never actually explained why George is at the dealership or Elaine for that matter. How often do you visit your significant other at work in the middle of the day? Especially when it's a schlep. The dealership seems to be far out of Manhattan. Why does Elaine need to use the photocopier? Okay. In terms, we've talked about most of this stuff, but in terms of Elaine being there, that Jerry probably said, uh, or Elaine probably said, hey, did you hear Putty is working at Saab now? And uh, Jerry uh, is like, oh, okay. Well, that's great. I know that uh, he 
Worked at Sobs. I love Sobs. Putty gets commission when he makes a sale. Elaine is probably pushing her either her friend to buy a car from Putty because that that's a good thing for Putty. Or Putty is saying like, "Hey, could you get Jerry to come down? I know that uh, he loves Sobs, and that's you know where Elaine comes into this." Yeah, it would be insane for her not to come. Like Jerry's getting a deal from her boyfriend. Why wouldn't she visit her boyfriend? It would be nuts for them not to come. Yeah. Also, Chester says, George says you're on your back like a turnip. Is this a euphemism? What about supplemental restraint? That we talked about. I guess the line was originally you're on your back like a trollop and the NBC uh, censors made them make it cleaner and more nonsensical. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why he assumes that the, the censors did that. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense, but okay. I... I don't think it was censored. Uh, and then also uh, Chester is very confused about the uh, candy lineup, as we all are. Uh, Chester uh, was involved in a recent poll you posted, Keith. Yeah. Now, this is a little tricky because I post I said I would post a poll today last week and I did. The problem is it won't. Um, by the time people listen to this, the poll will be over. So you can't vote anymore. But we put it up to a poll when I'm on vacation this summer, as we discussed in last week's episode, should Chester become the me and I'll just be the Chester and I'll email in the question, which I'd assume I will, it will make air like a, you'll read my question, hopefully last. But we said that Chester, we assumed he'd lose the poll, but we, we allowed him uh, a point spread where if he gets 40 percent of the vote that of, of listeners voting, that he would be allowed to be our um, key replacement for one week, probably at some point in August. So would you like to see the latest results of the poll? Yes. OK, here we go. As of this minute. We still have over a day left. This poll, I believe, will close on Friday, which, again, does you no good if you're listening. Um, should Alex Chester replace me on an episode of Seinfeld Podcast with Rob while I'm on vacation? We have 201 votes so far, Rob. That's pretty good. Okay. What do you think the percentages are? <sighs> um, I, I'd see, I'm, I will recuse myself because I have okay. uh, seen the results earlier. The honor of, the, of, of Rob as a podcaster knows no bounds. What, a, what an honorable man. Yeah. Boy. Yes. So the, the, it's at 63% no, which it's been hovering between... Uh, that 61 to 65 percent. Yeah. Uh, no. And again, Chester just needs 40 percent. Yes. He's at 37. Um, he has a chance, but he's really going to have to he's going to have to pull like he's going to have to contact some shady sources to maybe mm-hmm. throw him some votes or create a few new Twitter. Accounts. He, he needs to collude with a foreign power is what you're saying. A foreign power or just like a different <laughs> podcast or. I yeah. don't know. My wife would probably, you know, happily throw in a few yeah. votes. So I voted. I voted here. Oh, and will you say what you voted or do you not want to say? Well, what should, what do you, what should I do? Yeah, you could say. Of yeah. course you could say. I can't vote because you're not allowed to vote on your own poll yeah. on Twitter. I voted uh, yes. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, I got bad news. As we speak, another vote just came in. It must have been a no because it knocked Chester down from 37 <laughs> to 36%. Sorry, Chester. Now, did you vote yes because you like Chester better than me or because you're happy to break the format or yeah. you don't want to miss a week potentially? Uh, I think it's the, the the second thing and the third thing. Okay. And again, I can do a podcast from Cancun or mm-hmm. an airport or I'm going to be traveling. I'm in four different countries in uh, that week, basically. But the, the you know, we could figure it out. We've, we've, we've only missed one. You know, I'm pretty good at not missing, so I feel like we'll, we could work When is out, this going to uh, be? This is next month? Yeah, the first two weeks in August are tricky. Okay, well, we'll get closer. Maybe we'll have a curb premiere date, and that's really what the uh, the, the issue that we are struggling right. with. Right. We want to be done with Seinfeld, ideally, by curb. We may have one week to play with. Um, but again, you don't want to waste it. You know, you never know what comes up. Rob has got other things to do also. You're also traveling a lot this summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, the fall. And the fall. Oh, uh, yeah, we're 36% yes. So Chester's really going to have to scramble to get to 40. Okay. All right. The march to 40 continues for Chester. All right. Keith, what is the hashtag today? 
Um, okay, what about uh, Hall Passover? Hall Passover, I like that. A little bit of the uh, takeoff on the kosher rumspringa that didn't get taken. Uh, also, there was the uh, Montreal Scroogey, uh, which also came up in the podcast today. That's pretty good. I don't know how you spell Scroogey, though. Okay, all right, we'll go with Hall Passover. All right, uh, maybe Chester can talk to me about it. Does, does Chester keep kosher like you do? Yes, yeah, yeah, Okay, so we get to sure. maybe eventually talk with him about where he would go uh, if he got the Hall Passover. Yeah, again, you and him, I don't know if you're going to have a lot of food conversations because neither of you love food at all. <laughs> but I know, I know a lot about different fast food and candy. If I was, like, replacing you with, like, Haley Strong or someone, that would be a sure. food conversation. sure. You know, yeah. But you and you and Chester, I feel like nobody wants to hear you guys talk about food. Okay, probably nobody wanted to hear me talk now about. Now, also, food on this I've never listened to this show because I'm on it, and I hear the like. I, it would be. I'm not 100 percent sure I would listen. I think it would be very weird to to hear. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people that can relate to you. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I think I will listen. Okay. All right. Uh, so thanks so much to Scott St. Pierre, who edits uh, this, uh, you know, uh, lengthy episode of the podcast. Uh, so uh, thank you, Scott, for all of your hard work and patience with uh, Keeve and myself. And then also thanks so much to Mike Moore, who writes the recaps. Keeve, what's coming up on 32 Fans? Uh, 32 Fans, we haven't recorded yet, but I believe we're going to rank the, uh, the because there's a very patriotic week, the week of July 4th, we're going to rank the... Um, 10 greatest years in American history. Okay. Boy, we are really uh, at the... It's not football season yet, Rob. Yeah, I was going to say, we are really in the dead zone of the NFL season. I think people like it. I think the more arbitrary we go, like the 50 States podcast was huge. People really liked it. Yeah, I didn't like that one, Uh, though. Okay, that's fair. Well, you told me you hate Antonio. No, it wasn't because I hated Antonio. I'm teasing, I'm Uh, teasing. It was because that I just felt like, uh, it's like, you know, as much as I respect uh, all of your opinions on stuff, you know, it's like, for me, there wasn't a lot of drama. Okay, you guys think that this is the 41st Right, best that's state. fair. And it would maybe a little redundant. But, like, I, but I do okay. think, especially people from, like, states that don't get talked about a lot, like the Iowas and the Utah, like, those people were, like, very curious to hear where their state ranked. Like, you, snooty New Yorkers or Californians, yeah. that, you know, they know their states are, should be one and two or three. So there's not a lot of drama. You're not going to end up 48th. In, in yeah, like, I, I much prefer you guys talking to uh, about movies or TV or something that I actually could use that information as opposed to like uh, what mm-hmm. you guys think about Delaware is not really. Uh, right. Well, so Chester's always trying to do the 100 greatest baseball players. And I'm convinced that not one person <laughs> wants to hear that, even though, I mean, he thinks there are. So I, I'm always trying to talk him out of that. Yeah. You should do the 100 worst baseball players. That would be good. We are. We do have a long series. We're going to do 100 greatest quarterbacks, which. I've been working on for a long time making my list, and of course he already has his list. Okay, uh, so that'll be coming up in a few weeks. We'll, we'll at that point we're just in regular football mode. Uh, next week, did you ask me in bed next week? Oh, wait, what's next? Did. No, uh, the reverse peephole. Kramer Newman reversed the peepholes on their doors. David Putty wears a man fur. Uh, George has a fat wallet, and Jerry replaces his wallet with some sort of purse. Okay, a carry all. All right, good stuff, Keeve. Uh, Thanks for all of the uh, hard work on your end, and uh, we'll be back next week to uh, talk about Seinfeld and maybe candy once again. Take care. Happy International Pool and Peel Licorice again. <laughs> Day, everybody. Bye. Rolls off the tongue.